It seems pretty self-evident, doesn't it? Adeno as in glands, myo as in muscle, and osis, the condition of. So adenomyosis, the condition of having endometrial glands and stroma within the muscle. This is part two of our review of adenomyosis. We'll be covering clinical examination and ultrasound imaging for the diagnosis. Women who present with gynecological symptoms should undergo bimanual examination of the pelvis in a predominant number of cases. Remember that bimanual exam has gone off the typical screening annual pelvic exam because it's just not very sensitive or specific. But when a woman presents with a specific complaint, then a bimanual exam can be helpful. However, the clinical examination alone cannot adequately detect uterine adenomyosis, although it may raise a suspicion of disease. For example, in some cases, the uterus might be larger than normal, but the alterations of the uterine tissue cannot be diagnosed without imaging techniques. Remember that currently most women with adenomyosis are treated medically without histological proof of the disease. So imaging techniques are crucial to make the diagnosis and in order to ensure future studies can track changes of the adenomyotic appearance, especially after a menstrual cycle change, hormonal therapy, or after a pregnancy. Nowadays, a 2D and eventually a 3D ultrasound will be first-line diagnostic tools for diagnosing the condition. Right now, a 2D ultrasound is front-line, 3D is slowly creeping up as preferred, but is still somewhat between first and second line for diagnosis. Remember that MRI does have a role, but as of right now, it's still a complementary role to 2D or 3D ultrasound. Ultrasound has become the first-line technique in the gynecological patient workup because it's easily available in an outpatient setting, it's relatively less expensive than other imaging techniques, and it allows a dynamic uterine examination. Transabdominal ultrasound is of limited value. Remember, we're talking about transvaginal ultrasound as a first-line therapy. But transabdominal ultrasound is still a good idea when the vaginal route is not possible or in cases where the uterus is just grossly enlarged. The transabdominal ultrasound signs typical for adeno are a large uterus with regular external contours, an asymmetrical myometrial wall, and a heterogeneous myometrium. This can also have some intramyometrial cysts. Although these signs have good specificity of greater than 95%, sensitivity though is still pretty poor, only around 30%. Now on the contrary, the sensitivity of transvaginal ultrasound to detect these signs of adeno range from 65 up to 81%, with a specificity from 65 to 100%. Several experts have put together ultrasound criteria for the diagnosis of atno, but remember that there's still no uniform or standardized set, although it's getting pretty close and there has been advances. So in just a minute, we're going to cover the MUSA, that's M-U-S-A, terminology for ultrasound. MUSA is a morphological uterus sonographic assessment tool, M-U-S-A, and we'll get to that in just a minute. All right, now here's a clinical pearl. The diagnostic accuracy of adenomyosis by transvaginal ultrasound is improved if there's the presence of subendometrial linear striations or subendometrial echogenic nodules or asymmetric myometrial thickness. Those are the key factors that increase the specificity and the sensitivity for adenomyosis. 
In 2007, Kepkep actually published that subendometrial linear striations were the most specific sonographic feature at about 96%, with the highest positive predictive value at around 80% for the diagnosis of atno. According to another review, TV ultrasound, that's transvaginal ultrasound, was highly observer-dependent but showed an adequate diagnostic accuracy if performed by an experienced sonographer. Another thing to consider is color flow Doppler. Color flow Doppler on transvaginal ultrasound can improve adenomyosis evaluation by assessing the location, the amount, and the type of vascular flow. This technique can also be used to differentiate adeno from uterine fibroids and the overall diagnostic accuracy of the use of transvaginal ultrasound with Doppler is actually around 94%. Now here's a clinical pearl. Typically, there's translesional flow seen with adeno as opposed to circular flow that's seen with fibroids. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Now, before we get into the MUSA criteria, we do have to say something about 3D ultrasound. Following the introduction of 3D transvaginal ultrasound, high-frequency probes, and more advanced modalities like volume contrast imaging, it was easier to detect the junction zone between the endometrium and the myometrium and looking for irregularities here that could point the way to adenomyosis. 3D ultrasound offers the additional advantage of allowing the rendering of the coronal plane of the uterus so that the physician can better evaluate that junction between the endometrium and the myometrium. All right, now let's get into MUSA, or M-U-S-A. The Morphological Uterus Sonographic Assessment is a consensus that was published in 2015, and it was very easy in its aim. Its job was to provide a standardized terminology for describing ultrasound images of both normal and pathological myometrium. So this is where it comes in handy talking about adenomyosis. MUSA provides a list of 2D and 3D ultrasound features associated with adenomyosis. The ultrasound exam should start with a 2D scan with measurements of the uterus, especially the anterior and the posterior uterine walls, in a sagittal view. An asymmetry of the uterine walls, or a ratio above or below 1, is considered a 2D ultrasound feature of possible adeno. Similarly, an enlarged globular uterus with a regular contour shape is suggestive of adenomyosis. However, it's advised to exclude the presence of transient uterine contractions because they may modify the uterine wall thickness and change the myometrial echo texture, making the uterus appear more globular. And the way that you rule out a contraction is just wait maybe about five minutes and then keep the image there to see if it relaxes. The evaluation of myometrial appearance should be performed, defining the presence of intramyometrial cysts, hyperechoic islands, fan-shaped shadowing, or echogenic subendometrial lines and buds. Now remember, we're talking about 2D ultrasound because that's where you should start. And if there's anything kind of weird or abnormal, like one of the findings that we just talked about, then you can switch over to 3D ultrasound if desired. 3D ultrasound is specifically aimed at looking at the junction between the endometrium and the myometrium. 
in adenomyosis, this junction may be reported as irregular, interrupted, not visible, or just not measurable at all. And it's best to do that actually in the coronal plane of the uterus on 3D imaging. Another aspect that increases the sensitivity and specificity for ultrasound diagnosis of adeno is the presence of cystic lesions in the myometrium. Any cystic area that's greater than 2 millimeters should be reported because that's compatible with an intramyometrial cyst, and adeno is the most likely cause of that. So, here we go. Adenomyosis, based on ultrasound criteria, can be classified as affecting one of three layers. Adenomyosis is defined as type 1 when only the junction of the endometrium and the myometrium is involved. Type 2 when the middle endometrium is involved. And then type 3 if adenomyotic lesions are seen throughout the width of the myometrium or in the outer part of the myometrial wall. Well, podcast family, as we come to the end of our episode, a quick word about MRI and hysteroscopy. MRI does have some utility in the evaluation of suspected adeno, but remember that right now it's considered second line because of its cost and its overall inconvenience to perform. Because of the use of 2D and 3D ultrasound is really first line, and because of the information that that modality gives, MRI should be considered only in weird cases when the diagnosis is not sure or other suspected intrauterine or myometrial pathology is suspected. And lastly, a quick word about hysteroscopy. Now, when I was a resident, I never considered hysteroscopy as a way to diagnose adenomyosis because how are we supposed to look into the wall? But some have actually tried to make some algorithms for hysteroscopic diagnosis of adeno. And the truth is, here's the bottom line in the clinical pearl. Right now, because the test performance of this technique is far from clear, and currently there's no uniform applicability of hysteroscopy for this diagnosis, consider the use of hysteroscopy for the diagnosis of adeno very controversial and not yet standard of care. Now, it's true, though, there is some endometrial signs that can be suggestive of adeno, like endometrial hypervascularity, the strawberry pattern to the basalis layer of the myometrium, and perhaps some endometrial defects and submucosal hemorrhagic cysts. However, the technique does not allow for a definitive diagnosis because even biopsies are limited. So remember, although it sounds great, it is pretty novel and forward-thinking. As of right now, hysteroscopy is not considered one of the diagnostic modalities for the condition. All right, podcast family, that brings us to a wrap covering adenomyosis. It's not the ugly sister to endometriosis because endometriosis isn't all that pretty either. Both of these conditions cause a lot of discomfort and can affect quality of life for women. So have that on the top of your differential for women who present with the, quote, classic symptoms. And remember that medical therapy is our first line and ultrasound followed by MRI, if needed, can be used to help the diagnosis. Thank you all for being part of our podcast family. And we'll see you next time on Clinical Pearls.